Let's go. Welcome back, everybody. Another episode of Mission Daily. Listen, last time we were here, we heard the beginnings of, or I guess the, it's not even the beginning. It's the continuation of the sagas of Stephanie. Stephanie, let this be a lesson, not for you, but for everyone else. When you hear (laughs) Stephanie's story, make sure, and this is true. My mom, my mom told me this all the time or some variation of it. I'm sure everyone else is out there. Their mom and dad's told you something else, but Careful that you choose as your partner. It comes. It's. <laughs> It'll get you good. Jeez. It'll get you good if it's a bad if it's a bad decision or I don't know. Listen, at the time, I'm sure everything was fine, but yeah. here we are yeah. today. Fast forward today, the saga continues. It we, it's not begin. It just continues. Stephanie, what is what is happening? Yeah, I mean, okay. Last episode, I talked about I'm back in another legal battle again. Yes. Round three within eight months. Um, And last time it was more uncertainty because I'm like, it happened to me. This is happening right now. And I don't really like know what's going to happen. So yeah, we went to court last week. And this has taken up my mind share now for two weeks straight. I mean, it really, geez, the amount of work that you have to do just to defend yourself. It'd be one thing. I think it'd be different if I was going after someone. I'm like, Albert, I'm coming hard after you. I'm going to spend two weeks to compile all my evidence because I'm going after you. Then maybe you'd be a little more justified. But because I'm just having to compile stuff to defend myself from crazy allegations, it makes it that much harder to be like, my life just got wasted because I'm just having to defend myself against straight lies. Even false allegations, because I was named with you in false allegations by the same person previously. But the point being is that you end up, like you said, you spend an inordinate amount of time collecting evidence trying to piecemeal stories so that's easier mm-hmm. for your attorney to digest. For those yeah. of you listening, your attorney probably will bill you at per six minute intervals. So <laughs> every text, every, every, every email, if you send a text, that's six minutes. I don't care. Hi, good, mor- the- Hi good morning. Nope. Six minutes. Six minutes. Yeah. Every yeah. minute counts. There's no reason to be cordial ever with lawyers. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and, and they appreciate you doing a lot of the a lot of legwork too, but Stephanie is right. It it takes an unbelievable amount of time, preparation, uh, just even if you're in the right, but to present enough overwhelming evidence that you are right, it just takes time. It takes a lot of time. So Steph, that's what yeah. you've been that's what really I've been doing. I'm yeah, <laughs> really into it, I guess. Yeah. So no, I've yeah. been well, yeah, you're not into it, but you have been doing. And this was one of the yeah. situations where because I mean, I just not able to help. Like I I, I couldn't help at all. So this ah. was <laughs> You're my helpful emotional support text, you know, but yes, it has consumed my life. We went to a hearing last week and it, first of all, the court systems, I'm just so confused by you. We literally arrived there at 830. We're told to arrive there at 830 and a judge hadn't even been selected yet. And then we're just Mm. waiting while my lawyers are getting their billable hours, just waiting two hours until a judge is selected. And you don't even know when it could happen. It could happen that day or they could just be like, oh, sorry, the other things went too long. You're bumped to tomorrow or next week. So that whole system just feels very outdated. It needs like digital efforts ASAP to be able to, yeah, just make that a whole better experience. But outside of that, we're there the entire day until five o'clock. And man, it was it's just really intense. I had never actually been, I mean, you and I had, you saw me in the virtual one when we had the mm-hmm. court hearing back in September and that was on Zoom. And that I think wasn't as maybe intense because 
it was virtual and I was able to be with my lawyers, but we were able to, you know, kind of write notes and it just felt less intense. But being in a courtroom where people are getting called up to testify, mm-hmm. like that didn't happen in the last one in our yeah. company one. Yeah. It was just, yeah, the lawyers talking. But this one, people were called up to testify. Detectives were coming in to testify. Parents, like, I mean, there was just a lot going on. And so it felt very, very intense. Um, But what's interesting and what I'm kind of realizing is that at the end of the day, all the claims that were against me and everyone around me were all dismissed, all dropped. All the evidence showed that none of them were true, which was great. Um, However, we were also asking for some things. You know, I was like, I need at least some custodial decision-making rights for my kids. Uh, I need to, you know, make sure I'm giving them a stable life. And the only way I can do that at this point is relying on me. Um, but everything that we also asked for wasn't granted right now. Mm. And it really, in the moment when that happened, I was so confused because the other side was caught in different lies. Uh, just, I mean, at one point I was claimed to be in a cult. Literally, and I think he's claimed this before, but literally said I was in a cult. And then when the lawyer, my lawyer's like, well, what, what cult, what's the name of this cult? He's like, I can't say can't say the cult name because they'll come after me. And the whole time you have to listen to this insanity and just like, "Mm, hold your mouth shut. Do not make any expressions. Even if you're hearing like straight, just like insanity, you cannot do anything. You just have to sit there and look at this person and be like, are you joking? Did you just say I'm in a freaking cult? Like, I don't know. Who's the leader? That should be clear. Who is the leader? Am I in a cult? Who's that? (laughs) Oh, it was Waco. Oh, I don't know. Waco, Texas. That happened. Oh, okay. It happened a while ago. But yes, oh, okay. typically cults, typically cults have a figurehead like Charles Manson. Like there's a guy, yeah. or it's almost always a guy. I've never heard one that where the woman, a woman was um, at the at the forefront. But yeah. usually they have a leader that like kind of declares, like this is this is how we do things. Yeah, I mean, I don't know enough about it, but I, there was actually one woman who joined Up Next in Commerce, and she started this company called Rasa. It's like a coffee alternative and. A quote from her episode was says she inadvertently got into a cult twice. And I remembered making so much oh fun of it because I'm like, how do you inadvertently get into a cult? And not just once, like once I, you know, maybe she's just like, oops, how did I fall into here? All of a sudden I'm living on a compound and I'm being told what to do. I don't know. But a second time. So she also made fun of herself as well. But that's the extent that I know about cults. But anyways, they're also known as uh, MLMs. If you're in an MLM, you might be in a cult. Oh, is Mary Kay a cult? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's my joke. That's a terrible that's one, but funny. I always think they're like always swinging from the syrup. They're just constantly slanging whatever. Oh, yeah. The essential oil row. stuff. Huh? I mean, they, the essential oil uh, company, doTERRA. Jeez, have you ever looked into like, they make a lot of money and how they, I mean, I guess they're kind of like an MLM as well. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sure you use essential oils. No, no, all the doTERRA, time. doTERRA for sure is an MLM. But uh, yeah. in general, I believe MLMs are cults. But anyways, that's uh, that's neither here nor there. If you're part of an MLM, <laughs> you can uh, take it out with Albert for yeah. If you find yourself your... posting 45 times a day about how great this thing is, you might you might be brainwashed. <laughs> yeah, I know. Anyways, so lots of allegations, lots of claims, um, and. I, it was helpful after everything because we basically ended up going back to normal. So I had the kids for two and a half weeks. A restraining order was put against him. And then now we just went back to normal. And so it definitely felt weird being like, wait, okay. One judge back in September flipped and put a restraining order on him. Mm-hmm. Another judge uh, two weeks ago did the same thing. So two different individual judges 
And to not see that signaling as this current judge, this man, to not see signaling to be like, hey, this seems a little odd. Like, do you think that the legal system, the um, the judges who by definition are supposed to provide some judgment, do you think they kind of default to no decision? So I actually was kind of thinking about that because I got some good perspective from a, a lot of friends and because I was really frustrated the first day. And then I'm like, okay, you know what? What I was calling in is like, whatever's for the boys, highest good. So maybe there's some bigger plan here that I don't understand. And in one way, it's probably good that judges don't come in and shake up a family's life really quickly Mm -hmm. like that. Um, I think that's maybe a good thing, even though in my case, I'm like, I think certain things can help protect them a bit better, as you know. But um, I think some judges, it's better for them not to do something too aggressive that could just change a whole family structure really quickly. So there's probably pros and cons to it. Um, So if I get outside of my own story and I kind of try and zoom out, I'm like, okay, I can kind of get why that happens. And now I'm just kind of in a waiting space because I'm like, I feel like there's more to come. Like, I don't know. Quiet makes me nervous now. So is that it? Like uh, everything's settled? There's no other things to do? I mean, last time we thought it was settled. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, right now it's just uh, finalizing our documents of like the actual custody schedule and you just have to write up like, here's our schedule, here's the agreement. Um, But what I've realized is, yeah, you can just come and make any claims you want anytime you want, really. Like even if you have an agreement, you can still just keep opening it up. And after a certain amount of time, you know, the history will kind of show like, hey, this person has now done this three times, four times, five times, like, but it just takes time yeah. and quite a bit of funds to be able to keep defending yourself. So, yeah, yeah that sucks. So. Give us, give us uh, an idea because I've always, I'm just curious for yourself, like how, how much does this cost you? I mean, this is, this is great. You don't have to <laughs> give, an, give me an exact figure, but are we hitting six figures yet? Uh, I mean, if you lump everything together, like the mission stuff, the yeah, last totally. one. Oh, you already know. We're yeah, we're over. Well, I don't that. know the total figure, but yeah, it's probably hitting that. Yeah, from all three of them, mm-hmm. and that's just yeah. defending the company, our family. <laughs> it's a lot of money. Yeah. So yeah. It just what do you think like- would happen? So this, I mean, this <laughs> is what sucks because, like, um, a lot of times when you hear people are in a specific, let's say, relationships where you don't have the same income or mm-hmm. earning earning power or net worth, whatever, as your yeah. partner or whoever is against you. What in your mind happens to people who don't have means? Yeah. I mean, I think you, you just rely on get... a public defender to help you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where I'm like, Ooh, I don't know. I mean, I think you can get really easily bullied in the legal system, especially in states that don't reprimand the other side for bringing a false allegation forward or from losing a legal battle. Like, and I get why some states do that and some states don't, but I think that if you don't have the ability to defend yourself with an actual good lawyer, because lawyers all have reputations and you know which ones are really there to help versus which ones are just like, let me just get through this one. And so I think it is important having someone who actually knows the law and is not just doing it because they're being told to do it, you know, and they have a huge caseload and they're just being tasked with a bunch of them. So I think you can get bullied. And I think that um, hopefully there's, you know, corrective measures that can take place in the future to kind of prevent this. And I think there's a lot of change that can happen in this space as well that will maybe actually make it less expensive to work with lawyers. I mean, you and I talked about this and I was actually talking to my lawyer about of like, 
I don't want to pay for agreements anymore. Now there's ChatGPT. I'll write out my own agreement and you can just <laughs> review it. I don't want to be like, I mean, I don't want you to be looking into research and like looking through, you know, books and whatever and like trying to figure out the law when you can just ask like questions and figure out what is that ruling around that or what is the law. So I just think this space does have a lot of innovation that can come just like all the other spaces we always talk about on the show. There's just a lot that can change here that maybe will make it. So I'm not paying $900 for one billable hour um, or whatever, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty crazy to think about. And my, when I remember when my wife was coming out of uh, law school, so, so my wife has a, her JD from Wake Forest University, which is not in the town of Wake Forest, which is where I currently live. Uh, Wake Forest is in Winston-Salem. Not that it matters. But one of the things that came up was, you know, they're most rising law students. They're trying to get, you know, really awesome internships at these huge uh, partners, uh, firms, right? But there's only so many of those available. So then everyone else has to like, hopefully they clerk for a judge. And of course, the higher the judge you clerk for, the you know more prestigious it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but then a great deal of them go into, let's say public service. So she worked for like the AG's office in Florida, which she said was super interesting, as you can imagine mm-hmm. the amount of cases that came through <laughs> the attorney general's office in Florida. Yep. Um, and she also worked at Legal Aid, which is like, Legal Aid helps people that basically can't afford attorneys. And it's pretty crazy to hear some of the things that people have to do when they don't, you know, they have they have just the same problems as everybody else, but they don't have the means to defend themselves. And I mean, it's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. So anything, I agree. We're, we, we on this show a lot, a lot of times talk about the future. I agree. If, if there's a way to speed up the legal system, mm-hmm. right? Like you, like you suggested to clarify for the general person so they don't have to ask their attorney these $900 questions. That would yeah. be a huge help. Um, I'd also love to see rating systems on attorneys. Yeah. I think it's weird that we can rate everything, but we don't rate doctors. We don't rate attorneys. Super yep, weird. Yeah. And like, like if you ask reveal, like, like what's your you, record? <laughs> I know. Actually, I was thinking that too. Like, and if you ask questions of like, hey, what are you billing me for here? They get super kind of aggressive of like, that's part of my policy. I'm like, any other business would have to justify what I'm paying for. And I don't understand. Why is this any different? This like is a business. Like a doctor puts a Band-Aid on you and will bill it as medical supplies. It's like, mm-hmm. it's a Band-Aid, man. That's like 10 cents or whatever yeah. it costs. Even if you told, sold it to me as like straight off the gas station Band-Aids, those are still like, you know, 20 cents a Band-Aid. Yep. You'll get a bill for like $40. See, that's where I think all of these spaces are definitely going to be changing. I mean, just now everything's becoming more transparent and all of this information used to be behind the scenes. Like as a consumer, you didn't really know what it was happening. Still you had to just, it still like, kind you know, of is. I mean, you really have no idea what they're billing you for. But I think a lot of companies now are rising up, these like health tech type of companies who are trying to showcase what's actually happening behind the scenes and... I mean, there's one right now that uh, we were actually just talking to one of our clients and they were like, you should look at this company. They're basically uh, pushing to not have knee replacement surgery and they're showing how PT does the same thing for way cheaper. And apparently this company is blowing up. They have a lot of tech elements in them, but they're kind of saying, hey, why does everyone get get sent to do knee replacement surgery? No, that sounds very invasive. No. Yeah. And so (laughs) companies like that, like questioning the status quo of like, yeah, when you get older, People just think that's normal, but like, actually, no, you can do something that's a lot cheaper and here's all the data and science behind it. And here's how to treat it from a billing perspective. So I think all of these spaces are going to be changing and anyone who just tries to keep with how they've done it, 
that's going to go away because consumers are going to want more. And we have more power now to look into things ourselves. It all goes back to what I was saying before with the South Southwest uh, mm-hmm. examples that we were talking about before. It's like when, there needs to be an entrant who wants to provide that. Like that's they're going to be their differentiator. You know what I mean? So if like mm-hmm. a, if a hospital came forward, like no, we do clear and concise billing. If there's a law firm that's like no, we do very clear, concise billing or billable hours, we need. You know, there's got to be a business. It's typically going to be a business. Not I've not seen the law do it you know what i mean like the law mm-hmm. doesn't tend to push it the law doesn't tend to push innovation quite like you know a young innovator or mm-hmm. you know a, whether a young innovator they're usually young they can be older i guess but someone has to be like i want to build a different way i want to build the world's largest you know law firm and have clear and concise billing i want to build a huge hospital system where people know exactly what they're going to get and get great care and i have great doctors but because i have no malpractice i also don't have to make them carry huge malpractice policies so yeah they might not get paid as you know some someone's got to mm-hmm. think like that yeah. right now no one is thinking like that i mean i get it like people graduate from law school and from medical school with huge debt huge yeah absolutely astronomical debt like it's like a race to Mm-hmm. <laughs> to pay that back basically. That's why I think it's an outsider. It can't be someone who goes through this traditional process. I think it has to be someone who's auditing from the outside and they're like, whoa, you guys are doing it that way. I don't know anything about, you know, law, but what I do know, I mean, it's something as simple as, uh, like I was working with my lawyers in Google Docs because to me that makes most sense. Get in there, we can edit, edit it together. Yeah. And when I look at the final write-up of our affidavit, there was all these errors where it's like they obviously just tried to paste it into Microsoft Word and just printed it, but it had comments in there and things they didn't accept. And then and I was like, you guys have to go in and accept those first. Like, And they were like, oh, it's just we didn't really understand how to accept it. And it's just easier for us to work in Word. And I'm like, it's not easier for anyone to work in Word because then you have to like compare the two documents. And like, I understand that's your system. But well, you now- can you can do the Word version of Google Docs. They didn't do that. I don't know what they did because it was jacked up. And then I had no, to go no, in there. So so OneDrive. So Microsoft OneDrive lets you operate in the cloud on Word. They must have been downloaded. I mean, that's probably what they They never use Drive. I mean, they never use mm. Google Docs. So that's just, I think it's just a lack of knowledge and a lack of someone coming from the outside being like, hey, here's where the world's working right now for the most part. And I understand you're always over here, but. Yeah, they're like, I win cases, so don't tell yeah. me what to do. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess. But like you just spent 30 minutes trying to clean up a document that you well, could you know, just work it, with. The, on. the one thing I'll say is. It's and it's challenging. Is typically the people that have the solutions have to have some experience. So I don't think it's an outsider. I think it's going to be an insider because an outsider doesn't really recognize the problems. So mm-hmm. it has to be. I think it's going to have to be an innovative See, I like, insider. I don't know. I feel like I was you don't know how right. hospitals work. Oh, I'm talking about law right now. I feel like now I deeply know how law works. (laughs) Once you're in it, then you're like, okay, wait. I mean, I went through for our mission legal hearing. I was the one who was going through linking up evidence in a way that made sense. And I remember our lawyer being like, oh, wow, this made it so much faster the way that you labeled them and organized them and this thing called Google Drive. And like, it made things a lot quicker that way. And so I think just simple stuff like that of like, how do you digitize simple things like that. Like you don't have to know everything, but there's probably certain areas that you can digitize just to make the process quicker. So you're paying less money for someone to do it their old way. I mean, I that was a big thing I was doing with for the mission stuff of like, hey, let's do it my way because I think it's going to take a lot less time than doing it the way you're showing me you do it. <laughs> it would need a, uh, you would need, what would need to happen? You would need like a, a partner at a firm 
mm-hmm. a well-established firm, hire like a chief operating officer type role, probably from a tech innovation based company mm-hmm. and come in and be like overhaul all my processes outside of the actual litigation work. Mm-hmm. How do I get faster documents? How do I get faster research? How do I get faster, more clear, I don't know, evidence? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't know what, I don't know what it would take, but I mean, yeah. I think that's, there's also reputations of lawyers. That's like, I was asking mine, I'm like, why does this woman have such a good reputation? I mean, we, no one, she wasn't involved in our case at all, but I kept hearing of her. And they were like, oh, yeah, I've heard her, but I'm not sure. And I'm like, wouldn't you guys want to study her and figure out, like, why <laughs> she has a reputation? Because to me, that's something that you would quickly use AI for and go in there and be like, show me how she won these things. What was her, like, responses? What kind of, you know, what is she well studied in? I don't know, but there's probably a lot of things that you can do. I mean, to me, that's, like, what everyone does when it comes to entrepreneurship. They look to the founders who have done things well, and they're like, oh, they have interesting playbooks. They might not always be relevant, but they definitely have interesting playbooks to look up and be like, okay, how did you scale your company like that? How did you develop a whole remote team and get as big as you are? Like there's secrets in there. And I feel like what I've seen is that those secrets are not uh, looked into when it comes to law. Yeah. Well, listen, I'm always on the side of making it easy because I think of it from a consumer perspective, right? So mm-hmm. whether or not you, like, I, I want these things to come true. Yeah. So. That's what we need. So if you're out there and you're listening to Mission Daily and you're thinking to yourself, hey, what can I solve? I think back to what Aaron Levy, he's the CEO of Box. He got named like Entrepreneur of the Year. I forgot which publication. He's won it from multiple publications. But he talked about, show me the stodgiest, slowest industry and I'll show you a great business to build. It's, I'm, I'm butchered that, but it's, it's in that realm of paraphrasing. Law is one of them. Go, yeah. Someone needs to figure this out. Yeah. And if you're figuring it out, let us know. We want to we wanna know and I want to personally support. There you go. Until next right. time, everybody. Thanks. Hey listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time.